the Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, alleluia. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to thee we raise this our prayer of thanks and praise. Beloved, this morning's liturgy, music, sermon, and sacrament are offered in the praise of God for our congregation gathered here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org, and for those who are ready to be of service and ministry in our midst, we welcome your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, whose Son, Jesus, is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Glory to you, O Lord. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in, climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by, the name, by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do, do know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, come, all who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and the keep the thief only the thief comes only to steal to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. gate. One who enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Alma Mater, soul mother. Together we travel, we journey together and bear a need for nourishment and for sustenance in prayer and in memory, and in hope. Thus saith the Lord, I am the gate. One who enters by me will be saved, and will come in and will go out and find pasture. Prior to our full order of worship, we gather in the sanctuary, many in silence and quiet, to be nourished sitting silent before God. Prayer nourishes. We might remember the teaching of John Wesley, who lived from 1703 to 1781, founder of Methodism that gave birth, among other things, to Boston University. Carefully and continuously, he taught about the nourishment of prayer. We are a people buoyed by prayer. He with David Hempton's good phrase in our mind, he searched in prayer for enlightenment and enthusiasm both. Unite the pair so long disjoined. I am the gate. He was able to speak to those in confinement. A good word should you sense actually or metaphorically confinement in this hour, this season. Those sailors on shipboard, those soldiers in bivouac, those miners in caves. Those who were confined could hear in Wesley's teaching the importance of prayer. I am the gate. He recommended a quiet, so recognizing that the tumult and the cacophony and the noise will be there for you when you're finished. Do you find an hour a day? Do you find a day a week? Do you find a week a quarter? Do you find a quarter a year in which to be, to sit in silence and in prayer before God? I am the gate. Physical devotion was important to Wesley. He used the word fasting. We today might think more in terms of walking or exercise or swimming or jogging or spiritual yoga, whatever provides means sana in corpore sano, sound mind and sound body. You might, recalling the word of the Lord, you might, as you begin the day, take a moment either to read 200 words of scripture or theology or poetry, 
or as you're preparing for the day, button by button, coat and cloak. Remember someone by name. Remember a person or an event or a cause or a need. I am the gate, saith the Lord. Mr. Wesley taught a universal prayer so long ago. Prayer for all, even in a time of dark and difficulty. He caused a pattern, a discipline of prayer that nourishes us as we face and walk through humiliation. The humiliation of a denomination, say, that has cast aspersion in the United Methodist Church on the consecration of a veteran, tried, practiced, regularly ordained woman who happens to be lesbian. I am the gate, saith the Lord. Those who enter by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Or looking at the next decade, it begins now in these days, these experiences of humiliation. Think of a country, the land of Emma Lazarus, the land of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, whose leaders celebrate, applaud the removal of health insurance from 24 millions of people. We pray together, we journey together, nourished by the gift of prayer. At age four, building a castle on the back lawn of our Las Vegas home, the first verse of scripture I heard was given. You know, those sand castles, Nevada lacks not for sand, are beautiful to build, but then the wind comes, and did it come? And then a voice, the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rain fell, and the flood came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall, because it was founded on the rock, she said. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rain fell, and the flood came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it did fall, and great was the fall of it. Thus saith the Lord, I am the gate. Those who enter by me will come in and go out and find pasture. We are nourished not only in prayer, but also in word and memory. This comes in the sermon each week, as in this moment. We need to remember, sometimes we need more to remember, to be reminded, than to be instructed. That's a good reminder to teachers and preachers and all. Sometimes it's the carrying, carrying of memory that guides us. Our class of 2017, from whom you will hear next week and who will themselves hear words of wisdom two weeks from today, are carried on a tradition, a particular name, a particular identity to be remembered. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Remember that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that a remarkable sentiment? Serve the Lord with gladness. That gladness, happiness, joy, delight, gladness itself serves. That gladness of heart is a lasting, even ultimate, even divine service. You serve the Lord with gladness. You think of that two weeks from today with the smiles and hugs and tears and hats in the air and joy all around. This university was founded by those glad of heart and speaks not just to some, but to all, not just to neighborhood, but to universe, not just but to nation, but to world. With gladness of heart, Howard Thurman did say, people, all people belong to one another. Not some, 
but all. With gladness of heart, Martin Luther King to say, did say, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice, not neighborhood, but universe. With gladness of heart, John Wesley, the aforementioned, did say famously, the world is my parish, not the nation, but the world. Not nation, but world. Not neighborhood, but universe. Not some, but all. With gladness of heart, you are greeted and loved and reminded in and through your alma mater. Gladness serves. Calvin Trilling, I remembered this week, said for three decades, our, our mother fed us on nothing but leftovers. The original meal was never found. We are gathered and reminded of who at best we are. So our mother was a Latin teacher and taught us to remember all the conjugations and declensions by singing. Agricola, 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 the singular. I aramis, osuras is. You can sing your Latin, Latina, mabitis. I am the gate. Those who enter by me will come in and go out and find pasture, alma mater. We are nourished not only by prayer and by memory, but also and especially this Lord's Day by what we hold in common, by that which we lift in consanguinity, in communion, holy communion. And that is a common, a shared hope which across many other differences we can lift and we can enjoy together. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and are in love and charity with your neighbor and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God, come, draw near, take this sacrament to your comfort, take this mystery to your comfort. We are guided by a common hope, and in these challenging seasons, how we need to be inspired again by such a shared hope. We await a common hope, a hope that our warming climate will be cooled by cooler heads and calmer minds. We await a common hope, a hope that this world armed to the teeth with nuclear weaponry, will be guided step by step by deft diplomacy toward nuclear detente. We await a common hope that our culture and cultures near and far, so often sunk in a kind of hooliganism, will be restored and renewed to the better songs and spirits and angels of our nature. We await a common hope that this great country fractured by a flagrant inequality between rich children and poor children will rise up and stand up and make education, free education, available to all children, rich and poor. We await a common hope that this great country fractured by a flagrant inequality between rich children and poor children will stand up and call out and provide health care, free health care, to all children, rich and poor. We await a common hope that our universities, including our own university, will be able to balance a love of learning with a sense of meaning, a pride in knowledge, with a respect for goodness, a joy in discovery, with a thrill of recovery. We await a common hope that our own choices in calling, in vocation, how we will deploy our few hours and energies, our time and talent and treasure, will be shaped not only to make a living, but to make a life, and will be guided by a divine generosity and a gladness of heart with which to serve. We await a common hope that our grandmothers and grandfathers, when they come to the hour of need and infirmity and dotage, 
will be cared for not only with excellence, but also with kindness, not only with technical precision, but also with personal grace. And we await a common hope. This is our shared sawdust trail arrival this morning. A common hope not only or mainly of this world, but of this world as a field of formation for another. Not just life, but eternal life. Not just creation, but new creation. Not just health, but salvation. Not just heart, but soul. Not just earth, but heaven. Thus saith the Lord, I am the gate. One who enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. We're traveling. We need to learn to itinerate, to move, and to be guided and nourished together. So in that May of 1966, when she sat us down and said, you don't know this experience yet, but you are going to move. And be, as she described it, you know how in the spring sometimes your eyes will fill with a little bit of film. Maybe it's the pollen in the air. We'll say that's what it was. And the voice continued. Now, you just wait and see. And then there were words of vocabulary new, at least to me, about appointment and itinerancy and annual conference and superintendent and another church in another town, and she added, you know, I know this doesn't sound great right now, but it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you, that travel, that itinerancy that over time opened doors to England and Spain and Switzerland and Montreal and even the fair city of Boston, the home of the bean and the cod, where the Lowells speak only to the Cabots and the Cabots speak only to God. We are nourished along the way, thus saith the Lord. I'm the gate. Those who enter by me will be saved and will come in and will go out and find pasture, nourished in our travels, in prayer, Nourished in our travels in memory. Nourished in our travels in hope. Amen. Once again, here at Marsh Chapel, whether you are here with us in the nave or listening live on radio or internet signals, we, those of you who are here, we invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Those listening from afar may wish to connect to us via the Marsh Chapel website at bu.edu chapel. 
via our Facebook page, Marsh Chapel at Boston University, or on our Twitter account, at Marsh Chapel. We note that we are coming to the end of the semester here. The end is nigh. Finals begin tomorrow morning. And next Sunday will be our annual This I Believe Sunday, where five graduating speakers will offer reflections on their spiritual journey while they've been here at BU. Uh, we hope you will join us right here at 11 o'clock next Sunday morning to hear those five voices. The following Sunday, of course, is baccalaureate, Marsh Chapel's contribution to Boston University's commencement exercises, and we hope to see you here again as well. Those who are so inclined are invited to wear their academic regalia for that service. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon If Ye Then Be Risen with Christ by Charles Viers Stanford. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them to the life and work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. In baptism we died with Christ, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we might walk in newness of life. Let us receive new life in him as we confess our sins in penitence and faith. Father, you are always present. Forgive us for not reflecting your faithfulness. Jesus, you are always self-giving. Forgive us for living for ourselves. Holy Spirit, you always lead us forward. Forgive us for holding back. May God Almighty forgive all your sins and keep you walking in love through the Spirit, for Christ's sake. Amen. The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Let us share with one another signs of peace. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. In your loving care, you spread before us the table of life and give us the cup of salvation to drink. Keep us always in the fold of our Savior and our Shepherd, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Blessed be God forever. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, always and everywhere to give you thanks, almighty and eternal God. And in these days of Easter, to celebrate with joyful hearts the memory of your wonderful works. For by the mystery of his passion, Jesus Christ was dead and rose again, conquered the powers of death and hell, and restored in men and women the image of your glory, placing them once more in paradise and opening to them the gate of eternal life. And so, in the joy of this Passover, earth and heaven resound with gladness, while angels and archangels and the powers of all creation sing forever the hymn of your glory. Lord, you are holy indeed, the source of all holiness. Grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit and according to your holy will, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith.
And so, calling to mind Jesus' death on the cross, his perfect sacrifice made once for the sins of the whole world, rejoicing in his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, and looking for his coming in glory, we celebrate this memorial of our redemption. As we offer you this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, we bring before you this bread and this cup, and we thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Send the Holy Spirit on your people and gather into one in your kingdom all who share this one bread and one cup, so that we in the company of all the saints may praise and glorify you forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. By whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and power are yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. Come, for all things are now ready.
Let us pray. Merciful Father, you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Good Shepherd, and in his love for us to lay down his life and rise again. Keep us always under his protection and give us grace to follow in his steps through Jesus Christ, our Lord. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen.